This is fun. Marcus is in the driver's seat. All right. I, I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna sit back and ride the rainbow. So, welcome to the Real DMC podcast. I'm Marcus, and I'm joined uh, that, today. That, that didn't really have the necessary level of enthusiasm. You're gonna yeah, have to try. You that need again. more. You need more. More. Oof. Welcome to the Real <laughs> DMC podcast. <laughs> Today, Marcus is hosting. That's me, and I'm joined by Dave and Colin. How are you guys? Uh, I'm good. Do you always refer to yourself in the third person? Only when hosting a podcast and yeah. running the bases. Me and Ricky. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Thanks for checking in. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's so great to be on the other side of this. Is it fun? <laughs> I can just fuck with you. <laughs> Any new movies you've seen recently before we jump into our homework assignment? Which was back to school. So I, I watched oh. that after listening to Dave talk about uh, Rodney Dangerfield and, and the movie. It just sounded so, so funny. And it was, but you know what? It just didn't ha quite have the oomph. I think I would have rather just, you know, listen to Dave talk about it. And really? I think it would have been a lot funnier. But it's still good. It's still really good. It's just wasn't quite as hilarious as I was hoping. As you remember, me, or... me describing the film was actually better than the film itself, is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dave. Any movies for you? Uh, nothing outside of the ones that I've been watching for '86. I think '87 uh, is coming up, and uh, looking at, at 1987, I will say that there are a ton of really good movies and a ton of kind of hidden gem movies. So one of the movies I will be watching, for example, is Three O'clock High, which I'm looking forward to going back and checking out. It's on my uh, potential hidden gems list. It's also on my potential hidden gems list. Yeah. So we have to get together and find it out, I guess. No, you already staked your claim to the hidden. Um, I'm going to stake my. I'm going to stake my claim two to all the separate occasions. Uh, yeah. I'm going to stake my claim to all the good movies, <laughs> so I can just talk about those. <laughs> I'll leave. I'll leave you guys with the uh, with Solar Babies and Mac and Me. Yeah, I've got about a dozen uh, movies on my to watch list, so we'll see how many I actually get to. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to watch all that many movies for 1987. I'm going to do the opposite of what I did for 86 and see how it goes. So maybe we get in under three or four hours for the collection? <laughs> that was my hope. No, no hey, six... Colin, any other additional thoughts on Aliens? <laughs> <laughs> no. No? Uh, no. But okay. I, I did also watch Basic Instinct. I know it's not like a 1980s movie, but um, but I did just watch that the other day, and it was fantastic. I, that is just a good fun movie man now did you end up watching basic instinct because we were talking about uh days of thunder and the woman that played was it what's her name roxy uh yeah roxy yeah no 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 <laughs> roxy it was just uh it came to me after we were talking about that that she was actually in uh, uh basic instinct which i don't think i i had ever known and so i was really thrilled to to find that out because i love roxy as well so Cool. Yeah, I saw Uncut Gems, the Adam Sandler movie. Um, it's a little bit grittier and not quite as fun as your typical Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, the tone is uh, and you know, and David Spade is nowhere to be found. I know it's it's a pretty good movie. I thought it was good. I thought Sandler did a pretty good job with it. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's like kind of it's good. It's worth watching, but I wouldn't put it up there with the. It wouldn't make my top two thirty eight. Have you seen uh, Good Time? No. Is that another Safety movie? Yeah. I have not. Is it a good time? Yeah, it's it's definitely not a good time. <laughs> I mean, it's a good movie, but it's not a not a good time. Is it dark? Yeah. I, I, I've seen Good Time and then I 
watched half of Uncut Gems and I just I just couldn't finish it. I just... Yeah, Danelle left. After oh, really? About... Yeah, oh, Danelle okay. left halfway through. She's like, I'm going to go read my book. Forget this. But That's basically what happened when we were watching it. And then Emily did the same thing. And, and then I picked it up the next day and I was just like, I'm just not into this. Yeah. It wasn't anything like any one scene or anything. It just wasn't like gripping. I thought it was a really good sound like performance. Yeah, I, I thought it did really good, but... It is, it is kind of exhausting, though, the movie, yeah. for sure. I think that's it. It's sort of like the, the real DMC podcast. It's, it's <laughs> exhausting. It's exhausting. Well, today we're going to have a nice, breezy movie. Yeah, this may be the shortest podcast in real DMC history. We'll I am see. curious. I, I have a feeling that maybe Colin, this was not up Colin's, not in Colin's wheelhouse. So that, that's, what I'm, that's, what I'm, that's my guess. I bet Marcus, if I, I'm going to do a prediction. I bet Marcus liked it. Uh, Colin's not so sure. That's my guess. All right. Well, let's get into it first. Let's, uh, we're doing our homework assignment for 1986. It is Castle in the Sky. Beyond that cloud is a floating city that no one here on Earth believes exists. There it is! Look! Now I can prove that the legend is true. Walt Disney Home Entertainment presents a Studio Ghibli film. The long-awaited, award-winning epic adventure about an enchanted princess. It's my fault getting you mixed up in all of this. And a daring young boy. Are you kidding? This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. Who must discover the secret of the castle in the sky. Uh, a, oh, crap. Hayu Miyazaki. How do you say his first Hayao. Hayao? Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, Studio Ghibli film. Ghibli? I don't even know how to say that one. It is Ghibli. I, I Ghibli? checked on this stuff before oh, the podcast. <laughs> Just think of giblets. This is kind of their second film. They did a, a Nasaka in the Valley of the Wind was before this, but they're most known for like Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, My Neighbor Totoro, and others. So this was I thought this early... was the very first Studio Ghibli film, actually. No, I think Nasaku in the Valley of the Wind. Or that's another Miyazaki film. I don't know if Ghibli is either one. So it's an animated you're, film. You're not up on your Ghibli? No, I did visit the uh, studio when I was in Japan. Beautiful I place. actually really I cool. actually wanted to go there. Um, yeah. It's about like an hour outside of town. So, when did you go to Japan? What year was it? Two thousand six, let's say. Yeah, that seems about right. When I was into these films, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a pretty highly rated film. IMDb rating of eight zero. We ended up picking it just because we had an animated one, and I think Dave suggested it. I think it's actually because you have kids. The I didn't watch it with them though. So I what kind of father are you? I know, I'm terrible. Uh, well, it's just a matter of saving time. They're watching the show, Me and Me, and they'd rather see that than something I'd pick. Can I ask a question before we jump into the movie itself? Sure. Just curious, uh, how much, you know, do you guys seek out animation or animated films, and in particular, Japanese animation? Is this something, when's the last time you watched a, Janima- a Japanese animated film, Colin? Um, well, I was watching some tentacle porn the other night, and... <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch a G- Studio Ghibli ones and then I'll watch most Pixar movies and then with the kids I'll watch almost all the Disney movies so I enjoy animation but it's not uh, usually Japanese and anime stuff I'm not as that much into yeah I mean Colin and besides the hardcore fetish stuff what about just like the more mainstream animated films again I think uh, I stopped watching this stuff around 19 or uh, 2006 um, I used to really like animation i wasn't um super into it um, but i would watch like the pixar stuff and i was getting into the anime stuff a little bit seeing like the the classics uh, like ghost in the shell and stuff like that um 
but I've never really been into it. And then at some point, you know, probably when I hit 40, I just like lost all interest in animation. Yeah. I uh, definitely don't seek out animated films uh, in general. There are many that I really enjoy, some classic ones, The Iron Giant, um, uh, which How to Train Your Dragon, those are two, uh, Wally, three movies that I really, really love. Um, Japanese animation probably was was more into the the darker stuff uh, back in the day. So Akira, Ghost in the Shell, you know that kind of stuff versus the uh, the more family friendly stuff. So I'm I'm not really terribly familiar with uh, uh, Miyazaki's catalog. Although um, I have watched a couple of animated films with Mia. She definitely is a fan of uh, Japanese animation. So we were we were going to watch this one together, but uh, you know time crunch and all wasn't able to do it with her. But she she mentions. Um, uh, was it Spirited Away? She yeah. said Spirited Away is a, is a great movie. So that's one of her favorites. We can talk about it, but I think this one is quite different than his later ones. This has a lot less um, like subtext and a lot less um, more intricate things going on. And it's more one-dimensional, whereas a lot of his uh, later films are a lot more... There's different things going on. And it has like different meanings and allegories and all that kind of... Yeah, I saw thematically they've described him as a filmmaker who's very interested in uh, putting forth a pacifist message and also uh, a very environmentally conscious. Those come across in this maybe, but let's dive in. Um, The English dub, which I listen to, I assume you guys listen to the English version. I actually watched the Japanese version. With subtitles? Yeah. That'll be interesting to see if it's different. The English version is uh, the voice of Shida is Anna Paquin, who was in True Blood. The voice of Pazu, the main, is by James Vanderbeek. The, would you prefer to Varsity Blues? Like, I do not want your life. I don't <laughs> want your life. <laughs> so never never seen Varsity Blues. I just remember the commercial. <laughs> I never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main villain is Muska. It was the Muska. 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 Voiced by Mark Hamill. He might know as Luke Skywalker. Not in the Japanese version. By the way, you said um, you said uh, Pazu was played by James Vanderbeek. Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the how old do you think these kids are supposed to be in the American version? Or in the, um, they, I, well, they 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 aged them up in the because uh, this came out this particular version that Marcus and I watched uh, was originally originally done in two, 1998, but then was released later in 2003. For okay. I think because. What Princess Mononoke didn't do that well, and so Disney ended up uh, postponing it. But they they aged them up uh, so that they were like more in their teens rather than being preteens. Yeah, because they're definitely preteens, uh, and that comes across in Japanese version for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the reasoning there was. Um, well, and they have that. There's that one scene where they're up in the castle, and they, you know, they have when they have their the ropes tied together. And you think for a second, like, are they going to make? The, are they going to kiss? And then they fall on the ground laughing. So it's more of a, you know, kid kid friendly version for sure. Yeah. Or it's not. They're they're young. Let me say that. Yeah, and also you know, there's a difference. Uh, there's several differences between the English and the Japanese versions. Did you switch um, halfway? Huh? Yeah, I did. You did. Um, yeah. But then I went back to the English version because I was just like sort of falling asleep and I couldn't keep up with the <laughs> subtitles. The, um, I was reading a couple of reviews and they said the, like Disney added some music and scenes and some other things that made it a little less impactful. 
Um, I did read about the the new score, and apparently all of the changes that they made were approved by Miyazaki, and he actually um, liked the the new score. But I guess they're very different. This the the American version is more orchestral, and Dave, I I'm, I think the Japanese version is more like uh, electronic, or I think it might be the other way around. Actually, it, yeah, I was gonna say the more, the more English version was English definitely version. electronic. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought many the, score, the score in the Japanese version I thought was was quite good. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, a couple of times I thought it was like a video game with the uh, the way the music was going. Oh yeah, that's not in the Japanese version. Yeah, no. doesn't have that energy. Um, they also the the pirates in the um, the American version. You know when they um, when they uh, take Sheeta onto their ship, um, under their airship, um, they sort of like fawn all over her like they're in love with her. Yeah. Uh, but in the um, so it's like a romantic love, but in the original Japanese, it's more of like a motherly love. Mm. Yeah, they're so, cleaning the what, dishes and come, all coming in and helping her out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that says about American audiences. I can do a quick overview if uh, our listener has not seen the movie. I think our listener probably already like tuned out. <laughs> the movie kind of starts with uh, a young girl, uh, Shida. And she's on an airship, and she's being attacked by a group of men, and they're all trying to steal her pendant. She ends up falling off the airship, and then a young boy, Pazu, uh, who works in the mine, notices her falling and goes out and saves her, catching, and he thinks it's her pendant that slowed her down. And oh, so You might want to note that she's not falling at full speed when he catches her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's, um, she's <laughs> slowed of, down. She's, she's like floating. Floating. She's kind of floating down. Story. Yeah, she's floating down slowly, and he like catches her so she doesn't like fall into a mine. Pazu tells Sheeta about his dad seeing in an airship and seeing this floating island. And he thinks that's where either she is from or having to get back to it. And so I thought the strangest thing in that, when his dad came back after seeing it, everyone called him a liar. The phrase like the being called a liar is what killed him. Interesting turn just because it, it kind of leaves it open of, okay, like obviously being called a liar did not kill him. So what did kill his father? And I have a theory. We'll get to that at the end. We're going so, down the rabbit hole fast. <laughs> we are, we are, we are. But I'll keep, I'll go quick. So pirates come after uh, Shida and Pazu trying to get the pendant. And they go on the run. And when they think they're being saved by the army, uh, the army turns out that they want to capture the pendant also and start attacking Pazu and Shida. And so then they have to run from the army and they have to run from that. They make their escape. And... <laughs> We're doing an overview. What do you got? <laughs> I just flashbacks to enough. <laughs> yada yada yada. Yada yada yada. Some stuff happens. Yada yada. The castle blows up. <laughs> they escape the pirates in the army. They end up getting. Oh, crap. When my nets go. You guys made me lose my track. <laughs> okay. That, that was, uh, I think, my favorite scene um, when Sheeta and Patsu are being. Um, they're being. Uh, chased by the pirates through the town um, and then onto the train. And there's this chase scene uh, on the train tracks, these like really elevated train tracks going through, you know, this canyon where uh, through the mining town where the, where they, um, where Patsu lives. And I thought it was pretty good. It was, it was, there was a lot of, um, um, it was sort of like, like a screwball comedy at that point. So I think that's, that was probably my favorite scene. Yeah, it was good action in that too. And then they like, uh, yeah, the, anima- like- the animation in that too of the trestle coming apart, like the way that that happened. I thought that looked pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah, really cool. 
the uh, little unbelievable that just the pirates driving on the uh, trestle and just completely destroys it. It's a pretty, well, it's impressive car, dude. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's animation. <laughs> animation. <laughs> they end up getting, uh, I have a gap in my notes. So if you guys want to fill it in, um, I forget how they lose. They get captured by the pirates. Uh, Moose guy ends up uh, capturing the crystal. Um, in a battle of sorts. I forget exactly what happened in that part, but uh, that was when because um, they got captured the pirates, by the pirates and the pirates and Patsu came to um, to the rescue. But she was she was being held in the in a castle by Muska. But then the giant, the one of robot, the uh, robot. robot robot giants, was um, was uh, reanimated and then sort of came to her rescue and was destroying everything. And the army was. Um, was trying to destroy it, and in the process, the castle gets destroyed. Uh, she drops the um, the pendant, um, and then is saved by uh, Patsu and the and the pirates, and they're flying, whatever they call them, airship, the airships, air pirates. They had a term for it. I don't know. And so it's they end up very... teaming up with the pirates um, to find the castle in the sky, and they end up because um, Shida saw the direction that it was. And so they set off, and the uh, Muska is already on the way there to use the crystal to unlock the power of the castle, and they're going to stop them. They get to the castle, and the pirates get captured. Pazu and Shida escape. Shida gets captured. Pazu has to come in and save the pirates, come in and save Shida, destroy the castle, save the world. Pazu is the man. This is a pretty high-level summary. I just want to refer our listener to Wikipedia, where you can get a nice, detailed summary of the plot. I I wrote this myself. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <my notes. laughs> the uh, Moose guy I thought was uh, particularly evil. He like turns on the um, the weapon of the castle and it starts like immediately destroying the world with the thunder of Lapida, or probably not coincidentally, looked exactly like an atomic bomb going off. It did. The, in his quote, a superior being such as myself has only one option, burn them all. I think he very, he took a Darnarius uh, <laughs> attack. Burn them all. A um, couple of comments I had. I thought it was kind of funny that the leader of the pirates was a granny. Um, I really thought they should have got Anne Ramsey from uh, the Goonies to be the voice for her. It would have been really great. Who was, who, who played her voice in the... Oh, it was, it was Cloris Leachman. Oh. She was good. Um, what what I, I thought when, was interesting about her as a character design was they had her, you know, she had uh, two long, or she had she has red hair and she has really long pigtails. And so I saw her and I thought that, I'm like, this is weird. It's almost like a pippy long stocking kind of edge to the character. Yeah. And then when I was doing a little research on Miyazaki, um, apparently he started down the path of developing a pippy long stocking animated film in the oh, early funny. 70s. And then he went to the, and then they showed their work to the creator of Pippi Longstocking, and uh, she was not supportive. So he didn't get to keep going with it. So, so I'm thinking that maybe he finally got to realize his Pippi Longstocking vision with That's the uh, character he created as the captain of the pirates. An old pirate granny. Yeah. You know, when, uh, when the pirates first show up and are attacking the airship and trying to steal the pendant, I initially thought that they were, they looked like a bunch of clowns. Just talking about the pirates, I um, I thought Zach, Zach Galifianakis was great as one of those pirates. I don't think so. 
I, no, the, the, the picture, the the picture of him. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it. No, you didn't see it. I did not see Zach Galifianakis in One of the no. Pirates. No, the one with a big bushy beard. Didn't make the connection. No, no. sorry. All right, just he's he's the one that looks a little bit like Zach Galifianakis. Just that's the, that's the one. That, that so one, Dave yeah. saw him. That one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no, no, I didn't. Yeah. Little theory I have. The whole thing kind of Pazu's like the center, like every heroic act in the movie is Pazu saving someone. He has to save the princess. He's the one who comes in. He ends up leading the pirates at a certain point and kind of taking over them and giving them orders on how to get to the uh, castle. He saves the pirates from that. He saves them from Cheetah gets captured. He had, Pazu has to come and save him. He's like climbing up the tower. Like almost all the action and all the heroic acts is Pazu. By the way, can we just say that Pazu has the uh, strongest fingers in Japan? <laughs> I mean, because how many times? How many times is he hanging off the edge of something, and it's just his—he's holding on by his fingers, and uh, you know, he's collapsing. on the side side of the castle when the castle's collapsing, when he's climbing the roots across the bottom, um, he's on the side of the airship at one point, and you know, they're—they're not—they don't have a lot of safety concerns. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that, no, this is one of my like unanswerable questions. Pazu, fearless. Or dumb. So this is goes into my theory. My thought is the whole thing is a figment of his imagination. So the whole thing is just a dream that he's having. Oh, save it for Reddit. No, come on. It totally <laughs> works too. So he's just like he's this poor minor kid. He works in the mines. His dad died probably in a mining accident somehow. And so he he's has like, a friend of his who's been trying to get him to skip school the entire day and he's laying in bed and he envisions the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> The but it's just no, it's like um what is the movie? Pan's Labyrinth, right? Doesn't Pan's Labyrinth end and it's like the the story she's telling herself to avoid she's like during World War Two. To avoid avoid being raped. Yeah, it's a that's that's more if she's hiding from the the fascist hell that she's about to experience. So this this is a boy who is living in he's he's working in the mines mining minerals for like technology a world elsewhere that he's just stuck in these mines uh toiling away. So he creates this fantasy and he's at the center of the fantasy and like he's the hero of the story. This angel falls from the heavens. He like saves her. And then he has to like goes on this wild adventure with pirates. And like, if you look at that, it has pirates in it. He like, as soon as he jumps on the moving train, the guy running the train is like, oh, great. Thank you. He's like, you know, help me shove her the stoke this fire and get it going so we can escape. And then Sheeta's like, oh, you're amazing. And like everything like kind of plays to his ego in all the scenes. It is Pazu, like being the hero of every single moment, the whole world is just something that he's creating. It's like a story that he's either telling himself or his make believe on how to get through. But he also gets, he does get shot in the face. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a tough hero, right? So, like, they just grazed him. So, as my theory, it, it's in a, a, I think there's a quote in there too. There's like the most exciting adventure ever. And like, he has this like dull life living in a mine. So, it's, a, it's like kind of fantasy of like going out there. You guys aren't buying it. I, I don't see it. No. I'm not buying it. All right. I think you're grasping at straws. I think it's there. Uh, well, like I said, I like save it for Reddit. They'll they'll lap it up. Lap it up. They'll lap it up. <laughs> <laughs> so the kind of underlying message, as Dave was saying earlier, there's definitely a technology versus nature. The goal is to try and blow up this castle that's destroying the world, and all the mechanical. Parts of it is what ends up getting destroyed. All the nature part lives. What else do you guys have? Colin? Um, Dave, what are your overall thoughts on this movie? 
Let's see. My overall thoughts. How come I ask uh, Colin his thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, That's all right. We can go to Dave if you want Dave, to hear right, go Dave Colin. first. Colin, what are your thoughts? It sounds like you're not as into the movie. Me? Yeah, I'm not that into this movie. <laughs> I mean, to me, it was just sort of meh. But, you know, what do you expect from like a near 50 year old man? I think I would have liked it if I'd seen it in 1986, not in 2020. It's, all, it's, it's not like it's a bad movie. It's, it's good. It's just really not my cup of tea. I'm also really not into the whole steampunk thing. And this is not super steampunk, but it's like, it's basically. Um, I think um, uh, it's was that was that movie with the worlds it, in the sky colliding that just like totally bombed came out a couple of years ago. Uh, oh, the oh, you're talking got, about the what the cities, right? The, yeah, yeah, the, the cities the, like battle. London, London was like a big city on wheels or treads or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Very steampunk in that one. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, actually, it's funny because I tried to watch that movie and I had. I, just because I was curious, and I turned it off in ten minutes. I'm like, I just yeah. can't take it. I and the, the the steampunk aesthetic was one of the things that turned me off. It's probably, I think it's one of the reasons yeah. why why I'm not. Uh, you know, Terry Gilliam. I think I think it's one of the things about his movies that kind of annoy me is uh, yeah. the whole there's the edge of the steampunkness. And so I I I realize now after watching this movie, uh, I am not a fan of steampunk. Yeah, and this this is one of the first modern steampunk classics, um, and uh, for animation. Colin, where does this fall on the Footloose rewatch scale? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a never? It's uh, every 120, 130 years. <laughs> 120, 130 years? Okay, yeah. dip Watch back it into it. <clears throat> Not a rewatch. Uh, if I Benjamin Button it, you know, and then I'm, I'm, I'm back to, <laughs> I'm like, maybe like 12 or 13, yeah, I'd watch it again. Okay. Yeah, I think my kids would like it. Well, maybe if their father would show it to them. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way as you do, Colin. Like, I don't... I thought it was good. I think I liked it more than you did. But it does lack a certain level of sophistication or, like, anything, like, extra interesting going on. The characters are pretty shallow. The action's fine. Very much... One, every role is pretty much one-dimensional, I thought. And it wasn't there. There wasn't that much subtext going on. There wasn't much else going on besides what you saw on the screen. And I think that's what a lot of Pixar movies and a lot of other like newer animation does a much better job to bring in like older crowds into it. Whereas this, I think, is just tends to be just like kind of one note. Yeah, I you know I've seen um, Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle, uh, but of course that was probably. Um, 15, 20 years ago that I watched those. And I liked those at that time. Um, I was probably expecting more of that, but um, didn't really get it. But again, I think it's be, it's it's more of the age issue than anything else. I, I also think, I don't know, what do you think about the, just the, simply the fact that um, today's animation has, um, you know, just, um, it, it's so much more sophisticated with the computer animation. Um, do you think this movie for a viewer who's never seen it and sees it today, do you think it suffers because of that, because of the expectations around that sort of sophisticated computer animation? I don't think so. I think because like some of the older Disney stuff holds up uh, better than this does and it's worse animation. Like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, a lot of the old classics. Take the opposite edge on it, which is I think the um, the appreciate the 
the hand-drawn animation, right, versus the computer animation. Uh, the scenes where they get to the castle, uh, that and the train trestle were probably the two my two favorite parts in terms of animation, like the scope and the scale of the floating city. I thought was pretty cool how they um, showed that. Some of the vehicle design uh, was interesting looking, like the, the Goliath, the military ship, I thought was sort of cool. So, okay, so the uh, animation style, you know, just a couple things that are very, you know, common. So one of them is the uh, the classic kind of, it's the pre-explosion lighting, like when something either gets, you know, cut through and then there, you see like the, you know, the, the edge and then it goes to the explosion. They used it when the, um, when the um, fortress was under attack and also at the end when the castle was blowing up. That, that's just a, you know, it's... And, I, it's like, I kind of look at that, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool, but then it it happens, like, for every single explosion, so, um, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's it's just, it, it's more sort of an interesting, uh, so I, I tend to, I guess what I'd say is I tend to look at some of the stylistic elements as I'm watching a movie like this, and, um, you know, somewhat appreciate it, but somewhat also just feel like, okay, this is repetitive, and I think the characters were fun, the overall story I thought was interesting, although they didn't go too much into the mythology of uh, the castle and the fact that they, there were two individuals who were in Japan that were apparently uh, descendants of the royal, Le, was it Laputian? What would they be? Laputian, um, you we know. call them that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the royalty. And, and the way that they describe it, they said, you know, that, that they split into two camps. And so you get the sense that it's supposed to be maybe the good and the evil side of what happened to this uh, society, uh, but but all that is just sort of you know you don't really all of a sudden this guy just shows up he's like I'm the king, and we're like okay. <laughs> Overall, it was fun. Glad I watched it. Um, you know, I think I think uh, it, I wouldn't mind actually seeing some of his other stuff because I haven't seen Spirited Away, for example. Uh, and it's it's it was it was more interested actually in doing the research on Miyazaki. Because uh, some of the movies he's made, he uh, so Spirited Away uh, is the highest grossing film in uh, Japanese history. I think in terms of domestic box office, uh, that's pretty impressive. And then uh, Princess um, Mononoke, Mononoke uh, also won the equivalent of the Best Picture Award in Japan for their film awards. And that's a pretty impressive resume. And so the, you know, and, and what he did and, and what he represents in terms of the studio and what he's trying to bring forward in, in terms of a you know, positive energy of the world and, you know, champion nature and all that seem to, you know, appreciate all that. Um, I just don't know that I think it's probably just uh, the barrier of animation in general. Um, so I'm not I don't know that I will actively be rapidly pursuing a lot of these movies, but um, I was glad I saw it. I enjoyed it. I, I want to echo your statement. So it's just, you know. I feel like um, if I had seen this around, uh, you know, 2000, 2001 or before, I probably would have liked it a lot more. I would have been more into it. Um, My question is, when did James Cameron see this movie? Um, why? Because the floating city and the way that the vines are, uh, you know, kind of drooping off the sides and all that, it's, you, could, you could actually take the visuals from Avatar, and that is effectively the floating castle in the sky. There's so much of it that looks so similar. Uh, I haven't seen Avatar in a long time. Probably because I don't have 3D, and that's really the only thing that's making that movie <laughs> anywhere attractive. <laughs> yeah, I thought a couple of interesting things with the uh, the vines on it. Each time that um, Pazu was falling, like he'd be climbing something, it was always a vine that saved him, and it was always the uh, 
No nature. N yeah, nature is what was saving them, and the, the man-built things were, was what was crumbling. You know what I kept thinking about when they got to the castle was In the Mountains of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft. Are you guys familiar with that? No. I, I'm only familiar with In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, so In the Mountains of Madness is a story. It's a pretty famous story that uh, I think actually Guillermo del Toro was going to make a movie uh, about at some point. But it's the whole, you know, cult of Cthulhu and all that. But it's they go to the Arctic Circle and they discover that beyond this range of mountains, there's a whole there's this massive, huge ancient city that's up there. And there are, you know, there are the remnants of uh, dead civilization that was, uh, you know, the people, the inhabitants were plant-like and, you know, very alien in nature. And so when, as I was watching this, that just kept popping back into my head again and again. Wait, the, so th this takes place at the, in the Arctic Circle? Uh, or the, Antarctica? Uh, it's, sorry, it's one, one, one of the two. I'm not sure which, which of the Arctic areas. Do, did they encounter a giant ice wall? Uh, not a giant, uh, no, there's a mountain wall. There's, there's a wall of mountains, but. But not a giant ice wall. Because that's um, that's what you would expect to see if you were like a flat earther. So I'm just wondering if like Lovecraft may have been a flat earther. Uh, Sorry, just know. taking us I, way off tangent. I, I don't know exactly where you're going with this. I but thought, I'll just I thought you were going with my... Game of Thrones for a second. I wasn't quite sure. Game of Thrones. Oh no, you have a giant as <laughs> well. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I've read yeah, up. That's, a, that's a, I've read up a lot about flat earthers, and they are. Oof. Proceed. All right, then. So, any other thoughts about Castle in the Sky? Any other thoughts about whether or not we should publish this podcast? <laughs> Marcus, was this worth watching? Was it worth watching? Yes, I think yeah. so. I think it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would recommend it. Um, maybe to younger uh, kids, something to watch with the family. But I don't think it's definitely... It doesn't have the same impact of his later work. So, I wouldn't... If you're trying to get into Miyazaki's work and see some of his... Uh, critically acclaimed uh, films. I don't think this is one of them. And Dave, I think we, we know where you stand on that. I think you, you did think it was worth watching, um, but would, would you recommend it to anyone? I would recommend it to Mia to check it out since she's a fan of uh, Japanese animation. She hasn't seen this. Yeah. Speaking uh, of Mia, so she really, she likes animation. She likes to draw. Um, what, What's she really interested in, in terms of like, you know, animated films? Like, does she have like a particular, you know, like a favorite, um, uh, a studio or animator or, uh, or set of films that she really loves? Studio Ghibli is up there because she has seen the other, uh, Miyazaki's other films and liked them quite a bit. And then there's a, um, there's a, a they made a couple movies, but it's also, uh, I always say, I, I want to say Magna, but I believe it's manga. Is that right? In terms yeah. of the, uh, uh, there's a series, Hero Academia, uh, which is, I'm not familiar with who the author is, but there's a whole kind of world attached to that that she's really into. Is that any, is that similar to Most Fruitful Yuki? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> you're, just, you're, you're asking some <laughs> random questions today. <laughs> that, was a, that was a Juno reference, sorry. Oh. Okay. All right, I'm not, I'm not up on my Juno references. <laughs> Colin, what uh, what was your uh, kind of thoughts? You have not given a, a was it worthwhile to watch? Would you prefer? Um, to... Was it okay? Uh, I think from a historical perspective, it's worthwhile. Um, I mean, this was voted like the number two animated movie by the the Japanese uh, 
like cultural history society or something like that. So, and it's, and it's deeply beloved in Japan um, and has, has made a, a, like a serious impact on their culture. So I'm not quite sure why after watching it, but you know, I'll go with it. Um, You know, like just in terms of like my expectations, knowing Miyazaki, um, I sort of, I think my, I had maybe higher expectations for this. But it, I mean, it's definitely an interesting movie. It's just nothing that I really could connect to. And I, I probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone unless they were really into animation uh, or were studying Japan. <laughs> or, um, But then I sort of assume they, they might have already seen it. But if they haven't, I'd probably say, oh, you should probably, probably check that out. Um, but I'm not going to, you know like go tell my mom to watch it <laughs> that's, Marcus, that's, you that's that not you, gonna happen you read you read the uh the source material for this no, you? no no howl's moving castle oh howl's moving castle okay now now i have another qu- i have uh, an important question yes are we ever gonna let marcus choose another homework assignment <laughs> i i would blame this one on dave you, so th- you this was actually blame. this was on your list dave it was on my list as one of as, uh, as a, a possible homework assignment. Okay, yeah. I did not have it on well. my list. I had Down by Law was my initial one I was going in the Jim Jarmusch film. But well, and the reason you probably why would have hated that one is, anyways too. So, well, this I mean, it's this is a you know just as Colin mentioned in terms of the you know the cultural significance, the fact that this is you know broadly recognized as a seminal film when it comes to animation because it's the first Studio Ghibli produced animation film, so coming out of that studio. And just you know who Miyazaki is, so that, all that was kind of like, oh, that's interestingly enough. Interesting enough that uh, might want to check it out. So you know, th- th- there's just one other thing I really want to add that I think is really important. It's just really fun to say Ghibli. Ghibli. <laughs> I'm gonna grab you by the Ghibli. <laughs> I will. I will take it because I did pick the movie. Dave just suggested it was my pick, and maybe I shouldn't be allowed. But you guys are stuck with me, and. I think we're just going to have to make a rule, which is no more animated films. For 1989, I get to make my pick again. So you'll wait. I don't know. We can actually, you know, we can we can just torment you. We we know Karkal and I can actually uh, outvote you each time. Nonstop animated features from here on out. Well, I guess if I get a detention, we know what you'll pick. The I think my next animated film will be uh, Rangu, which I do want to see, and uh, Sean Fennessy claims it is one of his favorite movies of all time. Ron, Rangu? Rangu? I think I had Rango? that. We had Thai last, Rango? last Friday. Rango? Rangu? I, I don't know. Oh, oh Rango. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Rango. You're talking about Rango. Actually, that that's a movie I might watch because my parents love that movie. Yeah. Uh, is it Johnny Depp who voices uh, Rango? It is, it is. He says it's a great, it's his favorite, like I think he, I haven't seen it, so I just based this purely on speculation and rewatchables listening. Yeah. Well, you know what Chris Ryan says about animated films? Is he the one that hates them? <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah, no, he does not like them. <laughs> okay, yeah, because Fantasy said it's like one of his favorite movies, and he says one of the best Westerns ever made. Like, yeah. Animated or why, not, why one of the best have Westerns. Why couldn't you that one? Because it's like in 2010 or something. <laughs> No, if, it's, the, uh, if it's one of the best westerns ever made, that that, that actually heightens my curiosity. 2011. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see that one. But well, you know, we got, I sort of wonder 
what the impact of my viewing experience was with Castle in the Sky, knowing that the the movie I had watched right before that was Basic Instinct. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little bit of a tone shift on that one. <laughs> Very similar vibe. Um, any final thoughts? Castle in the Sky. So, Colin, let's yeah, give it my, thumbs up, thumbs down. down. I'm giving I'm giving it a um, a slight thumbs up. It's a good movie. I just uh, for me personally, I I don't really connect to it. And I also thought that Anna Paquin's accent was a bit weird. What was her accent? What kind of accent did she do? And she she sort of went out went in, went in and out of her. I think it's is she New Zealand or Australian? Uh, that accent. It was just uh Oh, I thought maybe like for a second she was trying to do some sort of like a Japanese accent or something. That would not have I would be like I mean, what? Maybe, no. maybe, <laughs> maybe back in ninety eight that would have flown, but yeah, no. Yeah, okay. That okay. would have been very weird. The, I should uh, pop over I should I should check out a couple minutes of the English version just to see uh uh what that's like. You guys said Mark Hamill is uh isn't yeah, Mark Hamill Muska? Yeah, yeah, he's Muska. Is it how's how's his performance? Who has, who has the best vocal performance in the English version? Probably Mark Hamill. Well, you know, his, yeah, his is not, the most, great. his is the most sort of recognizable. I mean, he's really like well known for playing villains in, in animated um, yep. stuff, right? Um, I personally liked uh, Cloris Leachman as, um, as Dola. I thought she was good. I did like the moral ambiguity of the pirates that, that I thought was sort of fun. I like the sexual ambiguity of the pirates. <laughs> Dave, your uh, final thought. Oh, well, um, wait, 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 wait. One more? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Before final thoughts. Yes. So speaking of the pirates, didn't I ask this earlier? But um, why exactly were the pirates going after the necklace? I mean, like, where had they heard about this? Uh, the whole setup for like how Muska already had um, uh, Sheeta uh, in captivity in the you know in the airship, and then all of a sudden the pirates attacked, and they're and they're they're trying to get the the necklace. None of that is even referred to later. Like, what was the impetus for that? Yeah, that that was my comment earlier about the you know mythology and and the understanding and all that because it's just kind of um, yeah it opens and they're already after her assuming that they know that the amulet has power but they wanted it specifically to go get the treasure that they thought was on Laputa right that was okay. their motivation okay so they they had heard about this and okay okay it, so they knew about Laputa I I just missed that part and what what did you guys think about what was the the vision so where he's entering the you know the clouds that surround yeah, the floating and city and, oh, he's, vi- and he sees his dad for a minute there what what do you think that was was that hallucination is that a uh was his is his dad still stuck up there and he's just been circling the thing for the past 30 years i i <laughs> it's sort yeah, of like uh sort of like wizard of oz i thought that um, was going to be the the kind of storyline um but the at the beginning that he does come he says he comes back and dies of being taunted for being a liar is it oh yeah he, i thought the fact that he had you know photographic evidence of this giant floating castle in the sky and nobody yeah. believed him was uh yeah, it seemed like that could have been a luck. better a little better story if he was like kind of searching for his dad that's why i think it's kind of i do like my theory that it's a just kind of a story in his mind to a certain degree it's the his fantasy and so that's where like a lot of it doesn't have to make sense it's like oh there's this magic crystal and everyone wants this crystal and so they go out chasing it um without having too much like bigger story around it and how 
like there's a lot of questions like yeah why were the pirates there like as soon as she like landed they're like oh we gotta go get her and then like start chasing her immediately well the the actual answer to your question dave is that um when Sheeta made dinner for all of the pirates and for patsu um she slipped in some magic mushrooms <laughs> and they were just starting to kick in no that makes sense actually yeah he's just tripping balls is what you're saying basically okay Hovis, final thoughts uh enjoyed it glad i saw it uh you know it was um interesting to you know it, it was interesting just just based on miyazaki's reputation so that that just to kind of check that box and see something that he or you know one of the the first studio ghibli movie that was pretty cool um the story it's not a uh it's not something that i'm gonna dip back into it will not be a rewatch for me uh, but i'm glad i saw it and i would recommend it especially you know for somebody who is uh uh for animation fans uh, I think I have this similar final take. It is a, it was enjoyable. It was good, not great. And I would recommend other Studio Ghibli films before this one. But if you are a completist, it's worth uh, including. What's what's the what's your favorite uh, Miyazaki film? Um, I would probably say Spirited Away. But I think I need to I need to rewatch them. I haven't seen them in so long. Um, so it might be a good. This might be a good introduction to my kids, to Miyazaki, and then seeing more. They do watch some anime. They have a couple of different uh, anime shows that they watch. And I, I think Spirited Away actually won the Academy Award in the U.S. as well. That sounds about right. So, um, And this one's watching. much, much better than the... So I've seen like some of their anime stuff that they watch, and that stuff's terrible. Uh, it's just some crap on Netflix. Um, so this is definitely much better than that. I, quality of the animation, I thought was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was fantastic. I really did enjoy one of the good scenes... Um, like he, when he woke up in the morning and he's like playing his trumpet and then like all the birds and stuff are all flying around and just kind of a great like kind of visuals and animation. It's definitely one of those like and like most animated movies has like, OK, this is what we're going to show off in this movie. And that was like kind of that moment. I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Go play, play your trumpet. trumpet. <laughs> he was release, very good at that. Release the, release the doves and play the trumpet. We have uh, definitely hit the point of no return here, and um, Colin's going to have to get going. So, oh, shit. Yes, I do. All right, guys. Uh, I will wrap it up. Uh, that is our homework assignment for 1986, Castle in the Sky. We give it a definite meh. <laughs> there it is. Marcus, you, you crushed it hosting, dude. Good job. All right. And uh, we will see you all next for 1987. All right. Sweet. Maybe we can do eight podcasts for 87.